Petrosburg. Alpha Omega Alpha Omega You are worthy of our praises today You are worthy of our praises today Hallelujah Alpha Omega Alpha Omega You are worthy of our praises today You are worthy of our praises today Hallelujah Alpha Father Almighty, we want to bless your holy name. You are the Alpha, you are the beginning, and you are the Omega, you are also the ending. Thank you for the ending of 2020, and thank you for the beginning of 2021. Father, we thank you for the ending of a decade. And thank you for the beginning of a new decade. Please accept our worship in Jesus' name. Lord God Almighty, in this first Holy Ghost service of 2021, in all our lives, Father, please do something new. And we are praying specially for your children born in the month of January. In every facet of their lives, Father, give them a new beginning. A new beginning of joy, of success, of anointing, of a closer walk with you. Bless them mightily. Bless every one of us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Well, let someone shout hallelujah. Well, you're welcome to the new year, 2021. And in case there's any of you that have not seen this year, and I'm sure there will be quite a few of you, I would love to say Happy New Year to you all. And I also want to say Happy New Decade in Jesus' name. My prayer is that this year will be far, far better than last year for you, that this decade will be a tremendous decade of success and joy to every one of us in Jesus' name. My prayer is that we will love God more, we will know him better, and we will serve him much more than ever before. The February Holy Ghost service 
will also be virtual. It's going to be February the 5th. The theme is going to be God Bless You Part 2. Um, so, get ready for the series, God Bless You. Today, we are looking at God Bless You Part 1. The text for the series is in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, reading from verse 26 to 28. Genesis chapter 1, from verse 26 to 28. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. May I decree to someone straight away that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you will have dominion. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. (sighs) The theme, like I, I told you, is God bless you. Like I said, when I was announcing this theme to you during the Congress, this has to be from God. Because if I were to choose a theme along this line, I probably would have chosen the blessings of God. Or the one who is blessed of God. Something along that line. But here, God said clearly, the theme is, God bless you. That tells me straight away, God is about to bless someone. And I believe that, even if it's blessing only two people, I will be one of them. Now, what we want to do today is just to define the theme. God bless you. We want to lay the foundation for the other 
days that will come with the same theme. There are only three words here. God, bless, and you. So we will start by defining who is God. And then we will move on to the word bless. What does it mean to be blessed? And then, of course, we'll find out who exactly is the you that God has in mind. Who is God? There is something that they call the law of first mention. In other words, if you want to know something about someone or something, you want to find out when was this fellow first mentioned or when was that thing first mentioned. I mean, for example, the first time Elijah was mentioned was in First Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead, etc., etc., first mentioned. And that's very important because the first time someone or something is mentioned will tell you a lot about the person. So where was God first mentioned? Where, where did we hear about him for the first time? That's, of course, it's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. So if you want to talk about God, you could say, Oh, God is the one who was in the beginning. But when you read Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 3 to 4, Ephesians 1, from verse 3 to 4, it says, Blessed be God, who has chosen us before the foundation of the world. Huh. We're talking about in the beginning. And in Genesis chapter 1, verses, verse 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But here, Ephesians is telling us, he has been active <laughs> before the foundations of the earth. So, who is God? God is not the one who was in the beginning. He's the one who has been before the beginning began. The one who has been before the beginning began. The one who chose you before your father and mother met. The one who chose you before your village was established. The one 
who have been there before your nation was. As a matter of fact, Psalm 90 from verse 1 to 2, Psalm 90 from verse 1 to 2, says, God, you, you have been our help long before. He said, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He said, before the mountains were brought forth, you are God. I find that one very refreshing. Because it was before the beginning began, it had been there before the mountains began. In other words, it was in his presence that mountains came. No mountain came before God. Which explains Mark chapter 11 from verse 22 to 24. Mark 11, 22 to 24. Have faith in God. Then tell mountains to jump into the sea and they will obey you. Because if you have faith in the one who was before the mountains, then you can command the mountain and this God who knew the beginning of the mountain will uproot the mountain. So I have good news for someone. Someone that God is going to bless. That this year, all your mountains will jump into the sea. Amen. I mean, let's, let's, let's look at this a little bit. Let's consider mountains physical. Consider Joshua chapter 6. From verse 1 to 20. Joshua 6, 1 to 20. The day they laid the foundation of the wall of Jericho, God was there. (laughs) They laid the foundation in his presence. So when he wanted to pull down the wall, he went to the foundations. And all that was required to get rid of that obstacle was just to praise God. Which will explain to you the reason why at the beginning of any program I keep on asking you to shout hallelujah. So maybe you want the foundation of, of your own wall of Jericho to fall about Shouting a big hallelujah to him. Hallelujah. When you read Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16, from verse 25 to 26, Acts 16 from 25 to 26, you will discover that the Bible said when Paul and Silas were Praying and singing praises to God. There was an earthquake 
that first opened the prison doors, when they were building the prison, God was there. He knew the foundation of the prison. So when the time came for him to shake it so that the doors can be forced open, it was easy for him. All he needed was to hear somebody praising him in that prison. But let's go from physical mountain to marital mountain. When you read Genesis chapter 29, from verse 30 to 31, Genesis 29, verse 30 to 31, the Bible tells us why Rachel was barren. The barrenness of Rachel didn't happen in, behind the back of God. He knew why Rachel was barren. And so when we go to Genesis chapter 30 from verse 22 to 24, Genesis 30, 22 to 24, uh, and the Bible said, God remember Rachel. <laughs> he just took the key that he used to lock the womb. And in a moment, the womb was opened. You know, each time I read that passage, I tremble a little. Why? Because he said, God remembered Rachel. Remember? Because, well, you know, as a mathematician, each time I get a word I want to check, we understand mathematics best when, by not just looking at the word, but looking at the opposite. You mean God forgot Rachel for a while? That he just locked the womb and then kept the key somewhere and said, uh, and continued to do other things. But the day came, he remembered. Ah, in the name that's above every other name, every one of you that God had forgotten, he will remember you today. Amen. Let's talk about mountain spiritual. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 26, Joshua chapter 6, verse 26, the Bible said Joshua pronounced a curse on Jericho. He pronounced a curse on Jericho. And the curse went straight to the source of their river, poisoned their river. From that day onward, there was violence, there was death, there was sorrow in Jericho. So in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, we see something very strange happening. When the people of Jericho came to Elisha and said, Sir, <laughs> our city is beautiful as you can see, but we have problems. Elisha did something. Now the question I want you to ask is this. Where is it written in the Bible that Elisha read that any time a city comes to you 
asking for help. Ask them to bring salt. And then go and put the salt at the source of the... Who told him? How did he get that information? He never learned that from Elijah. There was never a time Elijah ever asked anybody to go and bring salt for anything. But there is a God who was there when there was a curse pronounced on Jericho. That God is the one now who whispered to Elisha. Thank God for the ministry of a prophet. And he went straight to where the trouble was. Applied the salt. And made a pronouncement. Today, in the name of the one who sent me, I'm making a pronouncement. Every curse in your generation shall be destroyed. You may want to write down your prayer number one at this stage. And it's simple. Father, please pour your salt into my sauce. Pour your salt into my source and change every curse in my life to a blessing. Pour your salt into my source and change every curse to a blessing. Then we continue. Who is God? We know now is the one who was before the beginning began. But when you want to know someone, you also want to know them about what they did, their achievements, what they accomplished. So when you see somebody and you say, that fellow is an engineer, you know what that means. This fellow has graduated uh, in an engineering school. <laughs> we are talking about true engineers now. <laughs> there are all kinds of engineers today. When somebody, when you say somebody is a doctor, you know this fellow has graduated from a medical school. And this time I'm not talking of uh, doctors of watches. <laughs> I'm talking of the real doctors. So when you, are, when you want to know about somebody, when you say, who, who is he? And people say he's a doctor, he's, he's an engineer, he's a surveyor. You, you, you have a rough idea who you are talking about. What did God do? Again, the Issue of first mention. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, 
God created. And in John chapter 1, from verse 1 to 3, John chapter 1, from verse 1 to 3, the Bible made it clear, he created everything. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Verse 3, by him were all things made. There was nothing made that was not made by him. He created everything. Okay, so he created everything. What are the implications of that? We won't be able to consider all, but we can at least take one that is crucial. Because he created everything. Everything must obey him. Everything. He created them all. He owns them all. He has rule over them all. Everything must obey him. Mark chapter 4. 35 to 41. Mark 4, 35 to 41 says, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Why do they obey him? He made them. That's why when he said to the storm, Peace be still, the storm went to sleep. Because he made the wind, he made the sea that were mixing together in uh, a troublesome manner, creating the storm. So I have a rough idea that God is about to steal the storms in the life of some people this year. In Joshua chapter 10, from verse 12 to 14, Joshua 10, 12 to 14, the Bible says, The sun and the moon obeyed him. They stood still for almost a day. The sun refused to set. The moon refused to rise. Why? Because the one who created them commanded them to stand still. I don't know if you can receive this, but I am saying to someone, before the sun sets tomorrow, your miracle will arrive. And until your miracle arrives, the sun will not set. In Isaiah chapter 38, from verse 1 to 8, Isaiah 38 from verse 1 to 8, the Almighty God says, Son, go backward. Retrace your steps. <laughs> I'm sure you know, the, many of that, you know the old story. It was the story of a king that God said you are going to die. And he said, God, I don't want to die. God said, all right, all right. Let's push back the sun. Let's give you extra 15 years. Let's renew your youth. I know that some, some people... Doctors have told you you've already passed the age of a miracle. I'm trusting God. 
the doctors will be surprised this year. Because your age shall be renewed. The sun shall be pushed back. In Daniel chapter 3, you read it from the beginning to the end. Daniel chapter 3, from verse 1 to the end. You know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were thrown into the fairy furnace. And to let us know that the fire wasn't a small one, the Bible says that the furnace was heated seven times hotter than usual. To let us know that fire still consumes those who threw in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fairy furnace were consumed. But the fire obeyed God. As far as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were concerned, uh, the fire may burn in the world this year. It's not going to touch you. Amen. You will walk through the fire, the fire will not burn you. Amen. Why? Because fire must obey God because God made the fire. In Daniel chapter 6 from verse 1 to the end, Daniel chapter 6 from verse 1 to the end, the Bible commanded lions not to eat Daniel and to prove to us that it wasn't that the lions were tame. It wasn't that the lions were full of food because lions normally don't kill unless they are hungry. As they pulled out Daniel, they brought in those who threw in Daniel. And uh, <laughs> the lions were so hungry, they didn't even allow them to reach the, the bottom of the den before they finished them. You know the implication of that? Your enemies are in trouble this year. Amen. The very lion that they were planning will destroy you. My swallow them. But let's get even a little closer home and look at Mark chapter 3 from verse 1 to 5. Mark chapter 3, 1 to 5. The Bible talks about a man with a withered hand. Jesus saw him, told him to stand up. He stood up and told him to stretch forth his hand. The withered hand, the withered hand cannot be stretched. But as the man was obeying the one who created him, the hand that was withered obeyed God. Is there anything in your life that has withered? Any good thing that has withered? In that name that's above every other name, they will be restored this year. In John chapter 9 from verse 1 to 7, John 9 from verse 1 to 7, the Bible tells us about a man who was born blind. And the one who created all things created brand new eyes for him. I'm looking forward to a lot of creative miracles this year. And I, I just want to remind you, some of you probably have forgotten, some of you never heard about 
the, the, the testimony of a brother several years ago when we had the Holy Ghost service at the National Stadium in Surulere. And the word of God came that, hey, oh, there's somebody here. You, you have only one kidney left because one had been removed by operation. And the one left is even already giving you trouble. And God said, ah, don't worry, I've given you two brand new kidneys. Now, if I didn't know the voice of God, I would not dare say that. But there was a man there. <laughs> who had exactly that problem in detail. Saturday morning, as soon as the program was over, he ran straight to the, to the hospital where they removed the first kidney by operation and told them, I want you to examine me. <laughs> And the soldier said, I remember your case. <laughs> the day we were removing your kidney, everything went wrong. It took us eight hours. The operation that was supposed to be for just less than one hour took us eight hours. I remember your case. Eh, oh yeah, examine me. And they found two brand new kidneys. Are you in need of a creative miracle? That will be your prayer number two. You are going to cry to the almighty God. And say, Father, speak to my body. And everything that is damaged beyond repair, replace it, replace it. Be me a creative miracle. He made a creative miracle. Speak to my body, Lord. Everything that is damaged beyond repairs, replace, Lord. Just give me a creative miracle. And then, we're still talking about God. When you are talking about a man, when you want to know a man, you don't just want to know, uh, first mention uh, what he did. You want to know what he said. Today, there are some men of old that we never met. Some of us, I mean, were far too young to meet them. Aristotle, Socrates, or come a little closer home, Shakespeare. But we remember them by what they said. So, what was it God said? The first time he ever spoke. What was it he said? I mean, this is important because blessings and causes are usually pronounced. The first time he spoke to man in the text that we read, he, he said, uh, Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, he said, I bless you. That's the first thing he said to man. 
But what was the first thing he ever said? Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. Genesis 1 verse 3 on record. It is written that God said, let there be light. And there was light. Ah. So what we learn from him, concerning him about this, it means when he speaks, it is done. Psalm 33, from verse 8 to 9. Psalm 33, verse 8 to 9. Let the whole earth fear before God why he spake, and it is done. So the one we are dealing with is someone who, <laughs> when he speaks, is done. According to Isaiah 55 from verse 10 to 11, Isaiah 55 from verse 10 to 11, the Bible says, the word of God shall not return to him void. So what he said at the beginning means a lot to us. What was it he said? Let there be light. Physically speaking, in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52, Mark 10, 46 to 52, when Bartimaeus said, I want to receive my sight, he simply said, receive your sight. Let there be light. And there was light. Ah, and in the name that's above every other name, every one of you with eye problems, before the end of this month, you will testify. Yeah. Spiritually, when he says, let there be light, of course, I've explained that one to you before. He simply said, darkness, leave this fellow alone. Mark chapter 5, verse 2 to 19. Mark 5, verse 2 to 19. He said to that madman of Gadara, that man who used to be mad, he simply spoke a word. Be free. Darkness, get out of him. In the name that's above every other name, darkness will leave you alone this year. Amen. But there's something a little deeper. When he says, let there be light, it simply means let sorrow cease. You say, ah, how do you get that one? Because uh, in Psalm 30, verse 5, Psalm 30, verse 5, he says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes. In the morning, let there be light means let there be morning. Let's cross over from night to morning and let sorrow give way to joy. I mean, in Luke chapter 7 from verse 11 to 15, Luke 7 from verse 11 to 15, when Jesus Christ said to the widow of Nain, who was going to bury her only son. When she said, weep not, the meaning of that is sorrow cease. 
And from that day onward, that woman never wept. And the name that's above every other name, those of you who have been weeping every month, no more weeping. That's where I want you to write down your next prayer point. Simply say, Father, please command an end to darkness in my life. Just command darkness to leave me alone. Coban darkness to leave me alone. Now, the next point we want to look at before we look at the word bless is the question who really has an authority to bless? We know God is the one who has been from. The beginning began. We know him to be the creator of all. We know that the first time he spoke, he spoke light into existence. But when we are talking about blessing, we, know, we want to know who has an authority to bless. It's only God who can bless. Numbers chapter 23, from verse 19 to 20. Numbers 23, from verse 19 to 20. Balaam said, I have received the commandment from the one who can bless, and he has blessed, and I can reverse it. Ah, God, the God we've been talking about is the one who has the authority to bless. But he delegates his authority to some people. Because you know, to bless is the opposite of to curse. Mm-hmm. They gave the permission to some people to bless or to curse. Particularly, when we are talking about a woman, for instance, your father has so much authority over you that according to Numbers chapter 30, from verse 3, to five. Numbers 30 from verse 3 to 5. God Almighty says, if you make a vow to him, huh, to God Almighty, and your father had you, lady, that you made a vow to God, and he says, I cancel the vow. God said the vow is canceled. That's frightening. The father has so much power, so much authority over you. And it's not over over the girls alone. It's just that it's the girl that is mentioned here. 
that he can even cancel your vow to God. And so he has the power, the authority delegated by God to bless you. Genesis 27, from verse 30 to 33. Genesis 27, 30 to 33. You know the story. When Esau came, after uh, Isaac has already blessed Jacob, and uh, Isaac discovered that he had made a mistake, he said to Esau, sorry, I have blessed him, and he shall be blessed. So when your father blesses you, you are blessed. God can delegate the power to bless to your father. Which is why uh, I pity those who have no fathers. I have no father. And so they, they miss the father's blessing. The husband of a woman has the delegated authority to bless the wife. In Numbers chapter 30 from verse 6 to 8, Numbers 30 from verse 6 to 8, God said, if a woman makes a vow, and a vow to God, and the husband heard on the day she was making the vow, I said, no, I disallow the vow. God says the vow is disallowed. you find it there. Numbers chapter 30, verses 8. And so the husband has the power to bless or curse the wife. For example, you find a, a very, very sad story in Genesis 31. From verse 25 to 35, Genesis 31, from verse 25 to 35, when uh, Jacob was running away from Laban, and Laban pursued him, caught up with him, and uh, after they had discussion, he said, oh, you are running away from me, fine, why are you running away with my gods, my idols? Ah, ah Jacob said, ah, idols, what do I want to do with your idols? He wasn't aware that Rachel had stolen the idol of, his, of her father and sat on it. So Jacob said, whoever stole your idol, that fellow shall die. The man searched and couldn't find the idol and left. But a pronouncement had been made on Rachel. The next time she was to deliver, Genesis 35, 16 to 20, Genesis 35, 16 to 20, she died during child labor. May I encourage every Christian husband, constantly bless your wife. Because if you do it, she will be blessed. Constantly. Bless your wife. And then, of course, God can give the authority to bless to your spiritual father. Because the spiritual father 
is a representative of God. I'm talking of genuine ones, so I'm not talking of oh, any fake prophet. For example, in 2 Kings chapter 2 from verse 9 to 15, 2 Kings chapter 2 from verse 9 to 15, when Elijah was about to go and he told Elisha, what do you want? And Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit. He said, ah, that's beyond me. <laughs> you have had a hard thing. But quickly, he, he tied the hand of God. If you see me when I'm being taken away from you, you'll get what you want. And when you read that passage, you will read again and again as when they say, the, the, the mantle that fell, the mantle that fell from Elijah. Because when God came to pick up Elijah, as he was going, he whispered to God, I promised that boy that if he sees me, he will get the double portion. <laughs> and God said to him, then why are you going with the mantle? Drop it for him. Your spiritual father has tremendous power to bless you and, of course, tremendous power to curse. I pray you won't do anything that will deserve a curse. Amen. You will remember the story of one of my sons that I told you before, an electrician, when I was in Illori. Uh, I've just cross over to the university. They gave me a very big house for residence, but there were a lot of electrical force there. So this, my son, came, fixed everything, and I said, well, how much is it going to cost? He said, no. Uh, all I want is to just give me enough money to get back to Lagos because I have nothing of me. And then pray for me. I told him <laughs> You're not going to take any money. He said, ah, how can I charge my father? I said, ah, in that case, you don't need prayers. God bless you. That's all I said. Gave him the money to trouble. Came to Lagos. As he was coming down at the motor park, saw an old friend that they were in technical college together. Hey, who are you? Where have you been? Oh, I'm now working in the Atasso, no, not Atasso, government house in Lagos. And you are practicing my electrical something, something. Hey, come and see me tomorrow. To cut a long story short, the man who had to borrow money from a pastor <laughs> to travel back to Ilori, within two weeks, bought a brand new car. Your next prayer now. <laughs> and that prayer will be Father please bless me through my spiritual father tonight <laughs> bless me through my spiritual father tonight Because there are moments when your spiritual father may be reluctant to make that pronouncement. 
and I've told you the story before. Uh, I, I was at Heathrow, and I was carrying two <laughs> two cases. The 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 weight in the two carry on weight is much more than the original luggage that I that I was checked in, because I was traveling economy and. There's a limit to how heavy your box can be. And then I saw two of my children. Ah, Daddy, how are you? Oh, good morning, good morning. And one of them ran at me and collected the two heavy things from me. So I turned to him and I said, God bless you. And the second one who just greeted me and was uh, strolling away, I turned and said, Daddy, you didn't say God bless me. I said, what for? <laughs> what for? What did you do? So I think you better pray that God will bless you through his uh, servant tonight. And that he will give you the grace to do what will cause you to deserve the blessing. Now, let's go to the word bless. What is a blessing? What is a blessing? Basically, the true meaning of the word blessing is something good given to you over and above your basic needs. In Yoruba land, they translated the word perfectly. They call it in my mother's tongue, Ibukon. That means they, they, they take a big container, dip it into something good, and add it to you. Add in something good to you when you already have your basic needs met. A blessing is something extra. For example, everything that man can ever need was already in place before man was created. Everything he can ever need. Good food, Genesis chapter 2 from verse 8 to 9. Genesis 2 verse 8 to 9. Money, Genesis chapter 2 from verse 10 to 12. Genesis 2, 10 to 12. High quality gold. Even though (laughs) there was nothing for him to buy. He didn't need to buy anything. Amazing, isn't it, that even God created day and night before he created man. Because he knew he would need to sleep. Psalm 127 verse 2. Psalm 127 verse 2, he gives his beloved sleep. There are certain basic things that God has put in place. Basic needs. That when we are talking about them, we're not. They, they don't even qualify as blessings. They are basic. For example, when God was talking to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, Genesis 1 28, he didn't say, be healthy. You read it, you'll find that he didn't say, be healthy. 
Why? Because being healthy is basic. 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 He didn't say be rich. Why? Because abundance is basic. I mean, Psalm 23, verse 1 to 2. Psalm 23, verse 1 to 2. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. The pastures are green. He asked me to lie down. No hurry. Abundance is basic. Psalm 35, verse 27. Psalm 35, verse 27. The Bible says, He has pleasure in the prosperity of his people. You know what that means? He is displeased when you don't have abundance. Psalm 34, verse 10. Psalm 34, verse 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. They that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. It's written. But then when we say blessing, let's, what are the details? Genesis 27 will help us. Genesis 27, you can read it from verse 26 to 29. Genesis 27 from verse 26 to 29. But the blessing began from verse 28. When a father, the one who had delegated authority from God to bless, was speaking, he said to his son, God give thee of the dew of heaven. What does that mean? God sent help to you from Above. Let the heavens cooperate with you. Let the heavens assist you. If you look at our special song for this Holy Ghost service, you will see there. I'm blessed because God has asked heaven to make sure I succeed. Psalm 121 from verse 1 to 2. Psalm 121 from verse 1 to 2. David said, I will lift up my eyes unto the east, from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He said, God give you of the dew of heaven, help from above, and give you of the fatness of the earth. He is saying, no fruitless efforts allowed. Because the earth is to yield you its increase. Psalm 24, verse 1. Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the loss and the fullness thereof. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 9. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 9. The Bible says, The profit of the earth is for all. That even the king is served by the field. 
But it's not everybody who gets the profit of the earth. The earth, not only does it produce uh, food, gold is from the earth, silver is from the earth, crude oil is from the earth, everything, iron that you need for, for pillars is from the earth, everything. What you need to build cars, to, to make aeroplanes, to to produce electricity, everything is from the earth. And God is saying, the fatness of the earth be us. He went on to say, people serve thee. You see, when you are blessed, suddenly people will begin to serve you. Genesis 26 verse 14. Genesis 26, verse 14. If you like, you can read it from verse 12. It tells you the secret of the greatness of Isaac. He sowed into the earth. The earth yielded to him the increase. And this man had many servants. <laughs> many people serving him. And he went on to say, Nations bow to thee. When you are blessed, nations bow to thee. Read the same Genesis 26, verse 16. Genesis 26, verse 16. The Bible says, Abimelech came to Isaac and said, Sir, I think you have to move on because <laughs> you have become mightier than we. You came here almost empty-handed. Now, you alone you are mightier than a nation. May that be your testimony. Amen. And then he went on to say, Be Lord over thy brethren. Ah. That's a serious one. If I were you listening to this message and I'm not born again, that alone is enough for me to say, to give my life to Jesus. Because any, any member of your family, any member of the family of a Christian who does not surrender his or her life to Jesus Christ is going to serve the one who gave his life. Sooner or later. Genesis chapter 50 from verse 15 to 18. Genesis 50 from verse 15 to 18. The brethren of Joseph came to him fell before him and said, we be your servants. He went on to say, those who cause you will be cursed. You know what that means? Your enemies are in trouble. If you are blessed, oh, those who oppose you are in trouble. Isaiah 41 from verse 10 to 12. Isaiah 41 from verse 10 to 12. 
He said, those who, who say they are incensed against you, those who say they hate you, they, they, they are causing themselves, they are creating problems for themselves. He said, God said, you will seek for them, you won't find them. Amen. In other words, you don't need to bother yourself fighting. Just leave them to go. Just get blessed. And then he said, those who bless you will be blessed. That means your friends are in for a good time. Why? Because in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, Genesis 12 from verse 1 to 3, he made it clear that not only will you be blessed, you will become a blessing. That brings you to your next prayer. And that's simple. Father, just rain your blessings upon me. Just rain your blessings upon me. So, in a nutshell, then, what does God bless you release to you? Just a statement, God bless you. What will that release to you? Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Proverbs 10, 22. Says the blessings of the Lord make it rich and added no sorrows. What does that mean? Number one, it means you will be rich spectacularly. God bless you, we walk something out that it will become clear to everybody this fellow is blessed. Genesis 39 from verse 1 to 2 to 5. Genesis 39 from verse 1 to 5. When Joseph was in Potiphar's house, because Joseph was blessed, and because Potiphar did not treat him like a slave, was friendly towards him, the house and the field of Potiphar was blessed. Genesis 24, 34 to 35. Genesis 24, 34 to 35. That man said, I am Abraham's servant. And the Lord has blessed my master greatly. And so, he has become spectacularly rich. But it's not only making you rich that the blessings that God bless you will bring to you. He said, he will add no sorrow. Because our God is a God of joy. Psalm 16 verse 11. Psalm 16 verse 11. In his presence there is the fullness of joy. 
In Job 38 from verse 1 to 7, Job 38 from verse 1 to 7, Bible says, from the very beginning, God has demonstrated that he's a God of joy. He said, in the beginning, when God was laying the foundations of the earth, this morning star sang together. Sons of God shouted for joy. There had been joy from the very beginning. So much so that the Almighty God delights in us making joyful noises. Psalm 47 verse 1. Psalm 47 verse 1. Clap your hands, O ye people. Shout unto God with the joyful noise of triumph. In Revelation chapter 7 verse 17, Revelation 7 verse 17, the Bible may declare, God is going to wipe away tears from our eyes. When you are blessed, you become spectacularly rich, and sorrow is kept away from you. That brings us to the next prayer point. Father, Please wipe away tears from my eyes. Father, please wipe away tears from my eyes. That brings us to the last word, you. Because if I ask now, God bless you, who is the you? Everybody will say, me now. <laughs> it is me. Well, let's find out. You see, the age before the fall of man is called the age of innocence. So when God was pronouncing this blessing, Genesis chapter 1, uh, it was the age of innocence. Everything was fine. Everything was going, going great. Until Genesis chapter 3. That's when curse came. There was nothing called curse at all in the earth. Until Genesis chapter 3. Now, the beauty of it all is that salvation returns a man to the age of innocence. First John chapter 1 verse 7. First John chapter 1 verse 7. The blood of Jesus cleanses from all sins. Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. Matthew 1 verse 21. His name shall be called Jesus because he shall save his people from all their sins. Galatians 3 verse 13. Galatians 3 verse 13 then says, if you like, read it to verse 14. Galatians 3, 13 to 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That the blessings 
of Abraham I come upon the Gentiles. So who is you that we are talking about? The you we are talking about is the one whose blood, are, whose sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. Is the one who Jesus has redeemed from the cause of the law. Is the one who has gone back to the age of innocence as it were. Second Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Is the one who will obey God now and serve him. Job 36 verse 11. Job 36 verse 11. If they obey and serve him. Him there means God. They will spend all their days in prosperity. And all their years in pleasure. Job 36 verse 11. That's why Third John verse 2 says, Third John verse 2, I wish above all things that you prosper, that you be in health as your soul prospers. Prosperity, health, they are basics. As soon as your soul is in correct alignment with God, Obeying him completely, doing his will absolutely, you go right back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And you are the you that God wants to bless. Outside that, you are not included. So, shall we bow our heads then in prayer? Just in case there is anyone listening to me who has not truly surrendered his or her life to Jesus, anyone who is not obeying him completely, even though they are pretending to be a Christian. Anyone who used to obey, but is backsliding, who wants to be restored, so that they can be the you, and God bless you. If there's any such person, will you please bow your heads in prayer, wherever you are, and please, please, please mean business as you cry unto him now and say, Almighty God, have mercy on me. Save my soul. Forgive all my sins. And I will serve you and obey you for the rest of my life. Cry to him.
And I will join you in prayer of salvation in a moment. If you are already truly born again, if you are doing the will of God, please intercede for all those who are crying for salvation now. Pray that the one who saved your soul will save their souls also, and please mean this prayer. Pray that they will have genuine salvation, that the blood that washed you clean will wash them clean. You are to be a blessing to others. Intercede for them that God will save their souls. Oh, thank you, my Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. My Father and my God, we want to bless your holy name for your word. We want to thank you for all those who are surrendering their life to you at this moment. Please receive them all in Jesus' name. Save their souls. Wash them clean with that powerful blood of Jesus. Write their names in the book of life. Include them among the you that will be blessed, O Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Now, those of you who have given your life to Jesus Christ, please contact us as soon as possible. And uh, because I will want to be praying for you from now on, and I will advise you to locate a redeemed Christian church of God near you and go and talk to the pastor there, tell him I sent you to give your life to Jesus Christ and you want to know what to do next and the pastor will guide you. God bless you all. Now, I'm going to pray for every one of you. I'm going to pronounce God's blessing upon you after which you will then spend quality time taking your prayer points one by one and cry to God. But in the meantime, let us pray. My Father and my God, I want to thank you because when you bless, people are blessed. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, for delegating the power to bless to your spiritual children, your servants, the one that you have chosen, Lord God Almighty, to represent you here on earth. Father, I am standing before you today as your representative to these people and as your representative to you. Please, my Father and my God, bless them. Let them be blessed. Bless them in the morning, Amen. bless them in the afternoon, Amen. bless them in the evening, Amen. bless them in the night time. Father, just bless them. Amen. Bless them spectacularly. Amen. Bless them very, very generously. Amen. Please, Lord, bless all your children. Amen. And as they come to you in prayer, grant all their requests. Answer them by fire. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 God bless you all.
Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. Now, before you settle down to pray, before you begin to discuss with God the prayer points that I'll be giving to you one by one, I want us to do two things very quickly. Overnight, as I prayed, the Lord gave me one or two words for certain people. And I want to release it to them. Number one, he said there's someone in particular who have been part of this service. And he wants me to tell you that your years of sorrow has already ended. Then he asked me to tell someone He said, I am your shepherd. I will give you rest of mind. Then he said, there is someone in particular... He said, it seems as if gone are the days when you were vigorously healthy. But the Lord asked me to tell you, in spite of your age, I will give you a fresh taste of vigor. And then he said, there's someone in particular, he said, the curse on you is not just broken, but reversed. And then he said, there's someone in particular, and... uh, I believe this has to do with me, maybe with somebody else. He said, it will soon be true of your family that a sea never dries. When he said there is someone in particular, he said before you met the Lord, you've wasted a lot of time and resources. The Lord asked me to assure you, I will help you redeemed lost time. 
And the last one, which I believe is also for me and maybe someone else, the Lord says, I will stand by you till the end. If any of the prophecies is for you, let me hear you shout hallelujah. The only thing that we should do now before you go before God in prayer, because once you begin to pray, I won't want to disturb you at all. I believe this is a very awesome night. Um, the message you've just had tonight definitely is inspired by God. When I was preaching it, the hand of God was very heavy on me. I could feel his presence like never before. Uh, those who were there doing the recording, I told them, Please, I want a tape of this recording. I know, I know when God is present. I know when we just take it by faith that we are two or three are gathered together, God is there. But there are occasions when you can almost touch him. The day this message you've just had was recorded, I could almost practically touch him. I will want you to you join me wherever you are all over the world to say thank you to God. Uh, and the reason, the reason I want us to say thank you to God seriously is because this is part one. If part one is like this, then we have something great to look forward to. But then as they say, it is the child who has been grateful for what is done before who can receive another. So wherever you are all over the world listening to me now, I want you to take a thank you offering that you want to give to the Almighty God for the message that he has sent to you tonight. You take that offering, and if you are listening in your home, I want you to dance. Pretend that you are with me in the camp. Dance forward before you give that thanksgiving offering to God and then make sure it gets to your pastor or you give it online. And uh, the few of us who dwell on the camp who are privileged to be here since we live here, can dance to the basket nearest to you and drop your offering while the band 
will be playing. Over to you, Bank. Father, we are very grateful. Thank you for speaking to our future. Thank you because we know our tomorrow will be all right. Lord, accept our thanks in Jesus' name. The children have brought an offering to you. Please receive the offering. Sanctify it. Use it for your glory. And Father, I pronounce your blessing on the resources of your children. 
In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, you will never lack. You will never go hungry. You will never borrow again. Before the end of this month, you will have mighty financial breakthroughs. Be blessed. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, the one who got the biggest blessing shout the biggest hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I believe this message has really blessed your life. And if you have just given your life or rededicated your life to Jesus Christ, please send an SMS or a WhatsApp message titled Saved to any of these phone numbers. Plus 234-706-497-9797 or plus 234-810-383-0237 or plus 234-803-722-1550 or plus 234-805-504-1394 Also, you can send an email to altercall at ourccg.org. Thank you, and God bless you.